What's up, guys? This is the Doctor Script Show, where we watch movies and script doctor them, talking about what was good, what was bad, and some ideas that they could have fleshed out a bit better. Today's topic, the 2012 comedy Project X. And I'm joined by my co-host, Samuel Penless. Oh, hello there. Thanks for having me, Taylor. No problem. Thanks for being here. So, just to give a little more background to what Project X is, it was a comedy uh, based around a found footage concept where these high schoolers come together and throw a party when one of their uh, parents are out of town, and the party gets very out of hand very fast. Uh, It's produced by Todd Phillips, who's known for the Hangover movies and for writing and directing them. Sam, what did you think of Project X? Uh, You know, I uh, didn't, I had never seen it before we watched it, and I had a low opinion of what I thought it would be. And I liked it better than I thought in certain moments. Uh, Taylor, what did you think about it? I liked it a lot. Uh, Well, not a lot. I should say (laughs) I enjoyed it a lot better than I thought I was going to. I went in with super low expectations. This was a film I had seen before back when it came out, originally in theaters. And I specifically remember this film because I actually got ID'd before going into this film. And my one friend, Christian, was not 17. And this, uh, I think it was an actually, it was an, a theater worker that refused him entrance. So he'd already bought the ticket? He, uh, I can't remember. I, I actually think he did buy the ticket. <laughs> If and then, has, yeah, no, yeah, they didn't, they bought the ticket and then didn't get in. Did he ask for, like, a refund? Like, what? I'm sure he did. Um, we're going to talk about this on our spinoff podcast, <laughs> Crimes Against the Youth. Uh, uh, I mean, what kind of stuff did you like about Project X? I guess that it weirdly, it is, it's a party film, you know, and they definitely enjoyed the party aspects of it all. It's a ride type of movie, like a movie that you're there for the experience of like feeling like you're going to a party, sort of like how gravity is like an experience on going to space, sort well, of. Good, good, both very similar films yeah. uh, in their experience. No, I'm, I'm sure Alfonso's Cuaron is very happy that his film's being compared to Project X. Honestly, I wish I saw Project X in IMAX. Like, that would have been the real experience. Oh, God. Have the... If you saw it in 3D, make it feel like you were... Actually, the, No, that, go to the 40 theater, like it, like oh the Shrek God. ride. Oh, God. And you get really get the smell and oh, yes. the everything of the party. Like, oh, what did it feel like when that guy really puked on that <laughs> other guy? Spy Kids 5. All the puke <laughs> in the world. I mean, yeah, I, I liked it... For what it was, it felt like kind of if John Hughes was like 22 again and decided to like really go like make make like a hardcore like, yeah, I'm going to party kind of movie. Like yeah. it's, it still had like the friendship and like all the stuff that you would hope to have as uh, as like as like as like a teen movie. But it it didn't go all the way there with everything it had. It had the gist of most of the things I like from a teen comedy. It had definitely a lot of problems with it that could have been fixed a lot and we'll get into that later definitely one thing that you noticed when we were watching this and something that's a fun little comparison to this film also um 
For all you fans that watch American Vandal, the high school scenes actually take place in the same high school as American Vandal. You know, I noticed it was, it, I can't, you can't really tell at first, but then there's like a scene where uh, uh, the kid, uh, the, the, the movie's like about this kid Thomas who is having like a birthday party and that his friend Costa like makes things go out of control and Costa puts up like on the little, on the screen that is at the school. It's like, hey, it's Thomas's birthday. Everyone show up to this address. And that's kind of like where I found it because like it's that same moment where like Jimmy Tatro and American Vandal like high fives like a, a small girl and like she asks him to sign his yearbook and and that, I won't give any too many details about that. You got to go see American Vandal. But I think it is sort of fun too because American Vandal I feel like definitely encapsulated more of what current high school feels like. Mm-hmm. And I can't really ding this film for feeling like current high school because it did take place in 2012. But when did the first Twenty One Jump Street? Open up. 21 Jump Street, I think, was 2012 as well. Yeah, because I, th- I think tw- 22 Jump Street or 21 Jump Street was uh, 2012, and then 22 came out two years later. Okay, uh, just another because I, I, I feel like 21 definitely encapsulated more of what high school felt like in today's times, where this one definitely sort of does feel more like an 80s film with in high school. Like, there's still the bad bully that's thrown in there briefly. Yeah, definitely, there was stuff. I mean. There's stuff that dates the movie, like, with the technology, but also, like, kind of a few of the tropes do date it back. Like, it's dated in its technology six years ago, but it's dated in its, like, tropes and plot lines, like, 30 years ago, almost. Let's, uh, let's talk about the technology a bit, because that actually also is very fun if you compare it to American Vandal. The cell phones. They are all flip phones, basically. Yeah, well, they're, like, the flip phones or, like, those sliders where you have the, uh, the keyboard that attaches to it. Uh, and like, you know, you would type out your message as if you're like trying to be, it's like the Blackberry for teenagers, basically kind of thing. And I think, I think one character had an iPhone and that was, uh, like Thomas's like best female friend, Kirby. I think she had one, but besides that, it was all like, like the one, the, the iPhone competitors (laughs) that did not fare as well as, you know, iPhones. I mean, I'm surprised how many, like like sidekicks I still see around every so often oh god all the hipsters man but another thing where like if he had done this film in today's times it would not be unrealistic to just have everyone's point of view of different iPhones and everything mm-hmm. but these kids are running around with little flip phones or not even flips, oh, no, flip phones, uh, the, the flip cameras yeah. if anybody remembers flip cameras from when everybody kind of wanted to be <laughs> movie makers they had these like uh, like chunky boxes that had a USB like port flip out of it, which if you if you like think about the design on that, if you have a laptop that's just hanging over the edge of a table and you plug in your flip thing, it's too heavy. It's just gonna fall. It like would bend the USB port. <laughs> These are problems for high school filmmakers. Don't use the flip cameras. It's so funny watching them with flip cameras though. It's, I didn't know anyone that. Or I, I owned a flip camera, but I didn't know anyone that would go to parties and would be like, here's my flip camera, no, look at this. It was all people who like, it was like the people who were trying, who were doing vlogging before iPhones were like a bigger thing. Like people would have flip cameras to do like, hey, what's up like YouTube and my 3000 subscribers, like they would do that. But I don't, most people didn't, didn't have, weren't like YouTubers or didn't like do filmmaking stuff. So they wouldn't not there wouldn't have been a 1,500 people with their flip cameras <laughs> filming things. It would be, like, 
the 50 people who happened to have cameras on their flip phones or who had, like, Gen 3 iPhones. Oh, God, and the quality on those phones would just be... Could you imagine if we got a phone like that on a big screen? Like, it would be all, like, pixely and, like, generated. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) there have been a few iPhone movies in theaters, but, like, None of them, none of them before 2015. No, I'm talking about like sidekick. Oh, like sidekick phones. Oh, yeah. yes, those would be interesting. Someone pull out their razor and try and record them <laughs> and try and film, uh, try and film the Revenant on a on a razor phone. Oh my God, Jesus. Uh, well, uh, do do we want to go into more things that don't? Well, we have things that don't hold up. Uh, we had, there was a surprise cameo in this movie. Yes, yes. Uh, for all you, oh, let's hype it up a bit. This well, so if anybody's familiar with college baseball, <laughs> uh, there was this big star of college baseball. He went to USC around like the early two thousands. Uh, I believe his name, uh, for those who don't remember, was Miles Teller. Uh, this young baseball star named Miles Teller, who did some part time acting back in the day. Uh, shows up for a part where he plays Miles Teller. He's, he literally plays himself. And the thing is, it's so funny because the kids are excited to see him, but not because he's an actor, because he's a big shot at USC and playing baseball. Yeah, they like, because they, they see him at a grocery store, and they're like, hey, is that Miles Teller? Dude, is that like the whatever position he played at USC? Yeah, that's him. And they're like, hey, hey, Miles. As if like, you know, he's kind of going to recognize them. Because then Miles is like super cool, like, oh, wait, yeah, you're throwing that party? I'm crashing it, and um, I'm going to bring you booze. And it's like, oh, Miles, you're, you're in college. Why yeah. are you... Well, it's, and he could almost have that persona, like, at the time, because he was just a, like, a small-time kind of guy. Like, yeah. he, was just, he was just a baseball player with a couple, like, small film credits to his, to his, uh, to his name, because he was like, I don't know what his major was, but I'm assuming he was, like, doubling up on doing movies on the side and like short films as well as being a baseball player uh and it's really weird knowing him literally only six years later he's been in like whiplash he's been mr fantastic yeah and now it's just bizarre seeing him in this like the, and this is one of his first features i think too right like uh, yeah this, i think this is like either one of his first or second like feature films he was had any part in and he was playing himself as a baseball star which, I mean, I've heard rumors that Miles Teller just does this around at different colleges. <laughs> just goes around showing up being like, hey guys, can I bring you some free booze? All right, have a good high school time. <laughs> and so now just to talk about a few of the things that like definitely didn't age that well back uh, at JB. Well, we got some costs in there too. Costs yeah, well. I mean, there's, there's a few things uh, that I noticed while we were watching. Uh, and most... The, I think the most prevalent thing is just the treatment of women throughout mm-hmm. is that they keep undressing a lot and not really, no one really talks about the fact that that's <laughs> kind of a weird and creepy thing to do. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't realize that till we were watching the end and Jimmy Kimmel was talking about like, yeah, I haven't seen that many underage girls since uh, R. Kelly's party or something. Mm-hmm. Another joke like, that doesn't hold up yeah. well. But I was like, oh, yeah, that just made this weird. Because you definitely, there are a lot of, like, naked girls throughout the movie. And I'm like, oh, those could be, like... They're all supposed to be, like, in high school. Yeah. And granted, like, not everyone at that party is in high school. Mm -hmm. But still, like, you're running a... That's, like, weird. It's a weird thing to imagine the idea of these being, 
like even though they're played by like eighteen year olds, yeah. they're still they're still representing the underage demographic. Uh, that's it's a really weird, creepy thing to do. Uh, and yeah, there's there's a way to get around that either to clothe them more or for someone to address the fact in the movie. Hey, don't you think this is kind of like weird and abusive to what we're doing to these girls? And they could like maybe again have a conversation about it yeah. instead of glossing it over. Uh, uh, there's that's the big thing. There are some very there's some specific moments. Uh, first with with Costa uh, when he shows up to the drug dealer's house. He uh, just kind of drops the N-word just out of nowhere <laughs> for no real reason. Like, he's kind of shouting to this guy, like, across the street, yo, what's up, my N-word? And, uh, and you know, again, the, the way around that is for him to, if he's, you know, this tiny white kid saying this, is to address it and say, hey, Costa, that's a real, you know, messed up thing to do in a joke. Right. The joke that they instead say uh, <laughs> is Thomas looking at him laughing, shaking his head is, Man, you are literally the word for mentally challenged. Uh, that's their joke. And that's the other thing that doesn't hold up well is the multiple instances of people and Costa referring to JB very specifically as someone who uh, is mentally challenged. Or uh, at the very end, there's a title card that says... Uh, JB got out of this out of any charges against him because his parents uh, said that he was a special needs child, and although he got to finish high school, he had to ride the short bus for the rest of his high school career, and that's just that's not even a joke. That's just a statement. Yeah. So to to try and say that JB's a short bus kid throughout, even though nothing has proved like he's a weird kid. Yeah, it's just quirky. He's not yeah. like mentally challenged like there's actually like a funny joke in it where he like uh it's like three hours before the party and jb's on like an elliptical machine or like a treadmill and costa comes up and he's like hey what are you doing he's like oh i'm just trying to shed a few pounds before the party like that's funny like that's that's just him being silly and just trying to because there's a lot of people that i know that work out like hours before parties to be like oh i'm gonna get that like six that <laughs> that temporary six pack <laughs> that they think that they get before parties and uh, and that's just quirky. That's not short bus material. That's just yeah. And they, yeah, they do they do it a few times, and they they drop they drop the n word, they drop the r word. It's just like well, JB also like yeah, he's not. He just does some weird stuff. Yeah, like he comes out to the party like wearing a suit and you know yeah, tie that, and looking very nice, and it's like dude, and what do you just, mean? That's just silly. That's just like funny. Even Kirby acknowledges and says that's a cute thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like ah. Uh, a lot of that stuff doesn't age well. And it's uh, only been six it's years. It's only been six years <laughs> since it came out. And they, yeah. Uh, those, those are about it. It's just, it's just when, whenever they drop words or drop, like, uh, references to those things, it takes you out of it from the time period. Because there's nothing wrong. Like, Westerns from the 40s, Native Americans are the bad guys. Right. And that's clearly the wrong thing to do. It doesn't mean they're bad movies. It's, they're still good movies. They just have problematic themes. It's just when those problematic themes take take you out of the experience. Right. Maybe you should think about not putting things that are even somewhat problematic in your film. Yeah, and this was six years ago. Not. It's weird how it's a different time now. Yes, but. it's so weird how times change in less than a decade. Let's move on. Let's talk about some things that we like, like things we'd want to change or expand throughout 
this movie that could have made him better. A little script doctoring right now. Yeah. I guess, like, what did you feel about all the subplots? Uh, uh, like, I think I would try and not necessarily expand the subplots, but kind of turn them into, like, better character arcs. Yeah. Because this is something I would change because I liked it. I liked the relationship that, like, all the kids had with each other, like, the different ways they interacted. Even, like, the, the three, like, best friends in the movie, like, the three guys, Thomas, Costa, and JB, they all were, like, uh, you know, are mean to each other sometimes and do all that. They just, they're, they're, they're buddies. They know, they know how, what they do. And I would have liked to see more of that. Uh, but the character of JB is a little problematic. Uh, I believe you agree with me on that yes. regard. JB, I feel very bad for him because he doesn't do much in the film and he's just a punching bag for really cheap jokes. <laughs> like he's just the fat kid. Yes. Or, and they yeah. do a lot of those at JB's expense. And so what I think we agree on that maybe should happen is instead of having JB the character is almost, is combining him with Thomas's friend Kirby and trying to make, instead of making the character a punching bag, it would allow Kirby to be more part of the group because she's not even part of the group. Like at first they're trying to be like a little bit feminist with like, Oh, she's one of the guys. She plays <laughs> video games. That's oh, all. That's the only part where we're, we see her being with the guys. Yeah. Actually, that is the only scene where yep. she beats Costa in video games. Yeah. And like she, she's not an, a crucial aspect of the film. She's kind of a little bit of of a prize for Thomas Very to like, because like they they have like you know crushes on each other, and it would almost be better if like like Costa would make fun of her like in the same way that he does to J, not in the same way that he does to JB, but like you know the same friendship kind of way, but also right. allowing her to be more part of the the main crew of people, and like if they if they were if she was more part of the group. Like that would almost give more incentive for Costa to be jealous or like try and try and make the party even bigger because of how much Thomas like likes Kirby more than everyone else. Right. I think a thing that really struggles with the character arcs definitely is at the beginning of this film, they are very confident with each other or just like going up to all these random people, inviting them to parties and like getting the hot, attractive, popular kids. In a lot of the high school films, that is, like, a big moment for them to go up and, like, you know, get the courage to talk to these people. And that's something that we don't really get from either three of these characters. Yeah, there doesn't seem like there's much of a struggle there, even though they, like, say that they're the nerds and that they say they'd never talk to these people. They clearly are talking to these people and, like, inviting them to parties. And a lot of it is Costa, the braggadocious boy who's trying to, like, prove that he's, he's from Queens and he knows how things works. So he's he's trying to make sure that everybody knows that he's cool, but like if if Kirby was more part of the group, then she could like that be the, the the source of tension and be like, oh, don't worry, guys, I'll handle inviting these people and like you know, doing the the thing that most movies do and using her female wiles to get people to join the group. I just want to say, really good use of braggadocious. Yo, I love braggadocious. <laughs> I I I it's on my my word a day calendar, <laughs> and I. I think it is appropriate in that sense because that's that's Costa's character at his heart. Like they each they each have character traits, but they don't necessarily they're not necessarily characters. Which I think uh, pu- putting putting more emphasis on them as characters would have helped out. 
Yeah, Costa is basically just a very annoying version of Jonah Hill from Superbad. Yeah. And I think you're right where if we have Kirby in these scenes a bit more, that helps it out. And if we make Kirby and Costa more like competitive with one each other, where I think we need Kirby to be the one that's inviting all the popular kids and attractive girls to the party. And that makes Costa feel like he needs to now over like do even more to prove himself to Thomas. Yeah, because at some point in the movie, Thomas finds out that uh, that Costa put his address on Craigslist, <laughs> like put an ad out on the radio, like did so many other things, like, t- and that's why there's thousands of people at his house coming to this party. And I, it would have been a lot better if, like, if Costa had, you know, if he felt like he had to prove himself and because he felt like his friendship with Thomas was being threatened by Kirby. At, that would have been a uh, a better thing to help out. I mean, well, it just gives him more reason to do this. He's seeing like, oh, I couldn't get the guts to really get these people invited <laughs> over, but Kirby could, and now I need to make sure there's more people here because Kirby's already done the work that I was planning on doing. Exactly. Another thing, I think the neighbors could have been another part where we see that dynamic between Kirby and Costa, where. Kirby and Costa are both originally asking the neighbors, like, if there's going to be a party. But Kirby shuts Costa down, saying, like, hey, let the, like, nice, pretty girl do it, and they'll be more fine with it. So then when the neighbors do come again later in the movie, Costa's trying to, like, use his man, or, like, you know, man up to, like, no, this is how it's going to do it, and just, like, talk down to the neighbors, and, like, it's happening yeah. or else, and then it makes more sense. Because it would have made more sense, because the neighbor that shows, because the, there's a neighbor that shows up, <laughs> Like, a third of the way through the movie, like, when the party's, like, starting to pump up, it's, like, 11 at night, and he, like, asks them very sternly, but in, in a good way, like, a way that you would expect, like, a man who's trying to help out his, his wife and his, his child, and he's like, listen, guys, we're going to shut this party down, I'm going to call the cops, and then they're like, no, no, no we, we want to keep the party going. Like, if, and then Costa's just kind of rude to him for no real reason, it just yeah. makes him more of, a, like, a dick. If... If Kirby, like, was the one who, like, who tried to stop every, to, to talk to the neighbors in the first place and Costa felt like he had to prove himself, that makes so much more sense so that he would antagonize this neighbor who uh, <laughs> punches a 12-year-old boy. Oh, my God. So in that scene, they hired, they, <laughs> Costa hired two 12-year-olds to be the security team for the party, which is a funny idea. Right. But then one of the 12-year-olds tases the neighbor who's getting up in their faces about it, and the neighbor punches a 12-year-old boy <laughs> in the face. It's very, uh, very hard to watch and very weird, and it would make you more on their side if, if, there, if there was more of a reason to feel like the neighbor should be more of an antagonist rather than a guy who is just trying to do the right thing. It does make you feel like you feel for the guy who has a kid and wife and can't sleep, mm-hmm. and then Costa... You know, he doesn't act like someone. He, he could have done it a different way in the movie. Yes. But you don't. You're not rooting for anyone at that point. You're yeah. not rooting for Costa, and you're not rooting for the dude who just punched a twelve year old. No, and you you don't need to like necessarily like root for somebody, but you need to at least identify with somebody and feel yeah. like there's 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 something going on there that's interesting rather than just watching a train wreck like unfold. What do you think of the possibility of Costa riles up his neighbors so much that he tries to punch Costa and then Costa ducks and then he hits the 12 year old? 
and then Costa's like, if you try and shut the party down, we have film of you hit punching this kid. Maybe I think that would be better if if at some point Costa said like to the neighbor, he's like, listen, I'm an adult, like I'm 18 or whatever. Because at some point mm-hmm. he tell he like specifically tells the cops that show up, like, hey, listen, I'm 18, I know the law, I'm an adult. So if he said that to the neighbor, in, like instead or in addition to the cops, I think that would be a better reason to get hit to get the neighbor to feel like he could punch him to be like, oh, you think you're a man, and then right. he doesn't have to worry about assaulting a minor. Well, because then we're, you know, we're still. Rudy, we still don't like the neighbor who's now an antagonist. Mm-hmm. And Casa, you know, he's probably, let's say he's just trying to be like a man to man. Like, hey man, yeah. I get it. I'm 18. And yeah, he's, like, he's just trying to, he's just trying to be cocky. He's just trying to, trying to level with them. Uh, I mean, honestly, it might even be better if the neighbor was this other character who they steal a, a lawn gnome oh. from <laughs> earlier in the movie. Yep. Basically, uh, the, the kids go, they try and score some drugs, uh, cause that's what you do at a party yep. and they, they think it's, it'll be funny to steal like a lawn gnome from this guy who's clearly like a little unstable and he's a drug dealer and, uh, and they, the, they steal a lawn gnome that's filled with ecstasy. Uh, and they, at the very end, the guy comes back for revenge for his lawn gnome with a flamethrower. And I think almost maybe instead of that happening, if they went to the neighbor who like looks like he's this prim and proper dude, uh, and they steal the lawn gnome. He's already like an antagonist with them, and he's got a wife and kids where this party's happening, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna shut you down," like for these other reasons. And then they're like, "Oh no, we've also got a lawn gnome that's filled with drugs, and we can tell the police that there were drugs here." And then at some point, this guy just like loses his loses his sure. mind, and he decides to flamethrower the neighborhood. I do think we're missing the neighbor being just an over-the-top villain. Like, if he's just, like, so, like, oh, uh, it would be a lot more fun. Because, side note, at the end of the film, when the flamethrower is going on, the guy's house is literally, like, on fire. And instead of going in to help his wife and kids, he goes outside to flip off Costa, being like, no, <laughs> F you, Costa. And it's like... <laughs> you got my tree burned. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. There's... And there's SWAT teams running around and cops shooting people. It's like... Really? You really want to take the time out of your day of your burning house to flip off this 18-year-old? Like, good, congrats, uh, man. And Jesus. I think we needed that a bit more in the film of just yeah. a central antagonist. And it could he should have been that guy where you sort of fear having your ball go into his lawn mm-hmm. or something that he'll just, like, get a knife and pop it. Yeah. Like that, I that, mean, that's, that's kind of the... the the main part of the movie that doesn't work is that there's too many half measures in the movie. Right. Like, and if they're, it's, it's just a lot of, it's just so half baked, which like another one of my problems is that the party like escalates too soon. Mm-hmm. Then it stalls and then it gets crazy out of nowhere. Like there's nobody at the party at like nine o'clock. And then suddenly there's like hundreds of people there like moments later and they're having a good time, but nothing really happens to like make Thomas feel like he needs to shut down his party until like later on all of a sudden like everything starts happening like the window breaks and like <laughs> a a little person drives his dad's car into a into the pool and so much happens that like if those had like escalated that made Thomas feel like over time he's like oh no i need to shut the party down then cost like don't worry mm-hmm. we'll we'll keep it going everything's okay and then at some point he finally decides he wants to shut the party down but at that point it's past the point of no return so then things just get even crazier and he just has given up at that point. I think going like 
up and down that hill would have been a lot more of a character development for him. I agree where I think you were saying this earlier that they sort of whiffed on the early parts of a party where mm-hmm. they could have, all right, it's nine o'clock and no one's there. And like the middle schoolers show up and then Costa's just like, oh, frick. all right, we'll, we'll let the middle schoolers mm-hmm. in just for bodies or now for now. And then as the party goes on, like Costa does throw out the middle schoolers yeah. saying like, get out. Because those middle schoolers do come in. Like they're, they're there and Costa tells them to F off and they sneak back in. And that's just a fun idea. Yeah, uh, they, they only show back up like for a second as like a quick joke and then it doesn't ever become anything. But like it would have been cool if they, not everything has to have like a setup and payoff, but it still would have been good to see more of those things when it looks like they're trying to set something up. Right. Like it sounds like they're trying to set more stuff up with Thomas's parents like going out of town and like, he's like, now remember to answer all of my phone calls. And I'm like, oh great, who's going to call the house during the party? And it doesn't really happen. His dad just calls the phone a couple times. And then, like, uh, you know, make sure no one touches my car. It's like, oh, people are going to do something. And they're like, nothing really happens. <laughs> and then a little person drives the car into the pool out of nowhere. It's like, there's just so much, like, set up that there was no middle part that made everything feel like... Right. Was... You didn't... It just escalated from 1 to 100 too fast. Mm-hmm. And that's what... You're right. It just immediately feels like that hardcore party. And there does need a bit, a bit more buildup. At yeah. the time. It didn't feel like one whole cohesive story. It felt like a few like a few vignettes of like of a party. Right. Which could be like fun for like a mini series or something where you get to see <laughs> portions of a party rather than like when you're trying to have a cohesive whole uh singular story. One thing I want to talk about with Thomas's character arc is how in the beginning his dad sort of just like <laughs> shit talks him. <laughs> like the mom's really concerned, like, there's gonna be a big party, there's gonna be a big thing and then <laughs> He's like, honey, come on. Our son is a loser. Like, he doesn't hang out with any cool people. Mm-hmm. Like, my God, he's so lame. And at the end, after the party's already been thrown, and he's like, man, Thomas, I can't believe you did this. But, like, so how many people were here? And it's like, oh, my God, dude. you Your house is burnt down. It got... But that's the thing that, like, they tried to ground it almost too much rather than, like, making it more over the top. Because, like, that's a weird reaction to have. <laughs> So they could have, like, they, they could have gone in two directions with that. Like, the, the dad could have either been, like, this really cool, popular dude in high school who's, like, impressed that his son is following in his footsteps. Yeah. Or his dad could have been exactly like Thomas and was so impressed that, like, he went and did something. That's, like, the half measure. Like, they didn't do something with that relationship or, like, that plot. I like that a lot. If his dad was a huge jock and he's like, oh, my son's the nerd. And then, like, that would have been... So much better. That would have been any, that would have been something. Something, something is better than nothing. And they provided half of something. Well, that is sort of what this movie feels like at times where it feels like a lot of the things were just mostly on autopilot. Mm -hmm. Like, I get you're making this film and yeah, you're not winning Oscars for Project X. But but... just, just because you don't need to put in effort doesn't mean you shouldn't. Right. You should still put in like the effort to like make a good movie and like. I don't know, because what, what are you trying to tell people at the end of the day if all that you say is, hey, this kid threw a rage party where he caused so much property damage and, like, is convicted of crimes. <laughs> but people at school like him now. <laughs> like, what's, what, I know there doesn't have to be a lesson necessarily, but there needs to be something you're saying with that. Right, And they're, yeah. just, they're just not saying anything. They're just like, here's this big party that went out of hand. 
Yep, and they're they, yeah, the, Thomas is cool now, and I'm pretty sure that he's a senior in high school who can't go to college anymore because he had through this huge party. But yes. back like the things are very half baked, and this whole theme, like I said before, it is like a ride just to go and feel like you're at a party. But the thing is, like, they always want to make sure you realize how crazy this party is. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll be having big, meaningful conversations. Yeah. Like, okay, like, why there's so many people here, Thomas is debating. Costa's like, all right, I may have put it on Craigslist. And Thomas is just like, of course you did. It. What? It's not like a big, like, what, blah, blah, blah. But even after that, then they immediately cut back to the party. And it's yeah. just like, well, oh, it's like girls a- jumping in the pool. And yeah, it's like a guy- minute or two of, like, of people like going through the party and that's fun the first couple of times but the montages never change up at all it's all the same and like sometimes something big happens in the middle of that like you know the window crashing or whatever uh or like the chandelier falling down but it's all it's all the same where like if they cut down on those montages and just had the crazy stuff in the background and had like just one or two of those big things like you could have had more character development like the moments that would have made this movie better. Yeah, not not Oscar worthy, but like Something. it could it could be like a like a new high school classic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think we need Casa definitely needs a bit more of a character over arc. Yes, like, I don't want him to be a complete ripoff of Jonah Hill from Superbad. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you know Casa is not going anywhere. Most likely, this is definitely a certain type of character. And Thomas seems like the smarter guy, and even, you know what would have been really funny? If mm. JB was going to, like, Harvard or something, yeah. and Casa constantly, like, knocks on JB for being an idiot, but he's going to Harvard. See, that could have been funny. And then, and then the joke they do at the end still would have yeah. been, like, in poor taste, but it would have been a little, it would have, it would have fit the theme better. Right. The Casa stuff, though, like, you know... There's a way you can also make this sort of a happy ending where if Casa is just worried that he is so, like, he's about to lose his friends, he wants to go and have that one big party at his house still. And then, you know, Thomas calls his tuitions out, maybe Jay Beeves is too, and Costa's just like, hey, we get to stay together now. Like, oh. Yeah, like, they're still mad at him, but, like, we're friends and that kind of thing. Like, that the bittersweet ending like would be kind of fun. Yeah, I think whatever. there's an idea there, and then they go to <laughs> and then community they, college. Yeah, they go to like Pasadena Community College, and yeah. then like they, you know, they they get what they want, and they still have the party, uh, and then you know, <laughs> JB can transfer to Harvard, <laughs> or I guess Kirby in this situation because we're right in our in our version right, we're right. combining JB and Kirby. Well, yeah, Kirby, uh, Jerby, if you will, Jerby, <laughs> Gerbil. Her name's Gerbil now. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you dating? I'm dating Gerbil. Yo, it's Thomas and Gerbil coming down the halls. What's their celebrity name? Well, there's already Gerbil as a combination. No, no, no. Now we're con- we're now we're adding Thomas's. Germness. 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 Yes. Oh man, Germness. That sounds like a disease. <laughs> Anyways, uh Germis is uh the new the new celebrity name, the new the new power couple. Yep. Which yeah. uh is also a weird thing that comes out of nowhere. Like, they're, they're friends, and then he, like, you know, they could have had a conversation about their relationship, and they could have had a, a, a talk about it. Like, because, you know, Thomas drunkenly kisses her. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. And they could have really gone in depth on, like, what it meant to be friends and then to try and 
be something else. Well, what also makes it better and endurable in that whole relationship is if Gerbil does go out and get the attractive girls that Thomas ends up hooking up with. Mm -hmm. Like that, it just makes it a little more of a stinging thing. And yeah, because like in the movie, Thomas ends up hooking up with like quote unquote the hottest girl at school. Uh, ironically, played by the sex addict from Pitch Perfect. Oh yeah, fun thing I didn't I didn't realize until I started doing a little more research earlier. <laughs> uh, uh, also, most of the characters have the same names as their actors. So, like, her name's Alexis, her real name's Alexis. Uh, uh, yeah. Good stuff. But, yeah, so the if Gerbil had been able to get Alexis to show up to the party uh, and then is like, oh, you're, you're going to, are you going to hook up with her? And he's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then Thomas ends up kissing Kirby because that's what he really wants to do. But then later on in the party, he ends up hooking up with, uh, with Alexis. Like, Kerb, <laughs> Gerbil. <laughs> Uh, Gerbil would like be mad at Thomas but also still be a little mad at herself for like being responsible for bringing her to the party that would be kind of a nuanced situation where they could have like a legitimate debate about it rather than the cameraman standing far away recording them and not hearing the conversation that they're having right now I sort of want to talk about like some missed opportunities just Mm -hmm. because you brought up the cameraman and I think he could have been a lot more fun in all this yeah I well, get that he's, like, a silent guy and that vibe, but they sort of just make him a weirdo, too, at the same time. Well, we should. The, we talked about it last night when we watched it, and I think the, the best way to do it is, again, the same thing with the dad, where it's either one of the two extremes, uh-huh. is either the cameraman doesn't say anything throughout the whole movie, like, they only acknowledge him very, very briefly at the beginning and, like, a couple times throughout, and he doesn't say anything until, and then at the very end... And you can keep the scene where this happens because at the very end, the uh, Thomas is like, hey, Dax, because Dax is the cameraman. Like, Dax, you can go home now. And Dax is like, okay, hey, thanks for inviting me to the party. I had a really good time. Like, that's that'd be like an impactful moment if that's the first thing that he says. Right. Or if Dax has been not a main character, but like very prevalent throughout. And like, he's, you know been uh, going through the party and be like, whoa, this is crazy. I've, I've never been to a party like this before. Uh, like, and then he's like having a great time. Like at some point he, he has to drink, he like gets forced to drink or like do drugs or something. And the camera starts getting a little weirder. <laughs> like they could have gone kind of trippy and surreal with that. Uh, and then at the very end, like, you know, he wakes up or he like gets up and it's like, Hey Thomas, thanks so much for the party. Like, because then he really got to have a good time. Yeah. Where other were in the film, like, I, I believe we watched, like, the extended edition where, like, the cameraman actually gets, like, sort of his own scene where he's under the table and talking. And mm-hmm. then he talks briefly in the beginning, too, uh, where we see what he looks like. But what if, like, we never saw this guy <laughs> didn't know what he looks like, and at the end, like, the camera turns around and it's, like, a celebrity cameo. Like, who would be good? Like, it ends up being Miles Teller. Yeah, it's Miles Teller's <laughs> twin brother. Um, Tyle Mellers. Tyle Mellers. I mean, I think the cameraman could have done a bit more on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest missed opportunities, I think, are the cameraman, the the friendship, and making uh, like making the girls more than just objects. Yes, yes. Um, there, there was there's a lot more that they could have done with, again, specifically with the characters of Kirby and Alexis, being like you know they're both kind of objects in this film where they could have they could have been like more people with emotions and I. I don't know how much more Alexis could have done, right. but like she could have, I, I felt like her character, she could have almost had a crush on Thomas too, or like been like, 
you know, the popular girl who like has always wanted to talk to him or their study buddies and like he's helped her out with her homework and like she's had like an attraction to him and it's kind of, it's almost like a real push and pull that he has to, Thomas has to decide whether he actually likes her or if he wants to be with Kirby. Well, maybe she like, the Alexis always did like him, but now that he has status and he's, yeah. now he's cool enough to do it where she's like, oh, finally. And Kirby's one of the people that was like, no, I just always liked you. And it yeah. shows that Alexis is a bit more superficial and like, cares about that stuff and wouldn't act on certain things because of it. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be like a lot more of the movie, just like one or two more scenes. If you take out a couple of the montages, you could fit in oh, yeah. some more of that. If you took out all the montages, you would have like 20 more minutes of yes. everything. Like plenty of stuff still also happens in the background of the movie. Yeah. That like you totally get the gist that this is an out of control party. Because there's one scene where like Thompson's on the phone with his dad. And like I saw the party was like getting out of control. And out the window, you just see these, like, puffs of, like, fire appear. And that's really funny. That's, like, a really great moment. And that's how kind of how Thomas first realizes that the party is a little more than he expected. Right. And if they did more of that kind of stuff where, like, you can tell that things are getting worse without having to divert your attention, that, that would have been better. Yep, I agree. Something else I think would have been a little fun. Um, I didn't look this up, but... If I really want, I don't know when GoPros became a thing, <laughs> but the little dog is like a fun character yes. in the movie. We just like always see him doing crazy shit. I would love to see dog cam. Like if they put a GoPro on the dog and we get his perspective of the whole night. That like Which, I feel like the sorry yeah. yeah sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. But that also that would have helped with the uh, with because at some point Thomas goes back in the house at the very end to save, like, because the house is kind of on fire and, like, in trouble. But he goes back inside to save the dog. And, like, that's just kind of stupid to do. <laughs> but, like, if you, you know, get to see the GoPro dog video or, like, you get to see, like, Thomas liking his dog more, I feel like that would have that would have been, that would have helped out a lot more in the story. If my dog's listening, I just want him to know that, Artie, I would go into a burning fire for you. This is for you, Artie. Yep. But, no, you're right. It would have been cool to get the perspective of the party from, like, the dog POV. Yeah, I think it's definitely an interesting. Like, the more camera angles we could have gotten, the better. Going back to, like, American Vandal, when they have that one episode where they are checking out different Snapchats and Instagram mm -hmm. stories at the one party, I feel like it could have been something around that where you're cutting through multiple perspectives that aren't as forced. Because this one, it's like, all right, the security guard's got the flip cam, and now we're cutting back there. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, there's... cameraman, there's one other... One, I think. Because there's not a lot of cohesion through the scenes. Like, it's mainly the one camera angle, and then they jump cut to, like, a couple seconds later. Right. Because that's them, obviously, doing, like, multiple takes of the scene. But it would have been better if they had either multiple cameramen or multiple, like, angles on the same action at the same time, rather than being like, all right, this shot's there. We're limited by what we can do, so we just have to either go to a new scene or, like, just pretend we're moving forward five seconds in time. Yep, Exactly. Uh, I believe that's, like, a lot of the missed opportunities I think they took on there. And sort of... Oh, so let's, like, recap on what our film would look like. So we start off with Jervy, uh, <laughs> Thomas, and Costa. They're all together getting ready for the party. They go to school. Jervy goes up, asks all the popular kids, makes Costa feel insecure about his hierarchy in the friend group and that they're all about to leave. Also, Thomas's dad is the t uh, huge jock now, mm -hmm. where he is like, oh, my kid can never do this because he's such a wimp. Mm -hmm. They go together, get to the neighbors, uh, Jervy's doing all that, 
party goes on, neighbor comes out, Casa comes back, confrontates all the neighbor in a bad way, and the party just escalates a bit more, and we just get more character development throughout. Basically, a lot of it's in the beginning, helping Costa and uh, and Jerby, Gerbil have more of a, of stuff to do and to make Costa less of a less of a, a bad guy and more of just a guy who wants to to be to help his friend. Right. Uh, and yeah, making sure that a few of the relationships are stronger at the beginning and making the party build more than it does, rather than like nothing, a lot, way more. Right. I think that I think that's a good way, and then the ending can pretty much be the same too. Like the party gets out of hand, but Thomas still enjoys it, and he's learned a little bit more of a lesson, I think, because of the things that have been set up. Right. Uh, what else do we have? Anything else on the movie? I I think we're good on everything. I can't think of anything that I can really that we haven't talked about. No, I think the gist of the movie is that it's it had the potential for greatness, and there are funny parts to it. But it falls short of being a classic because of its its lack of character development and like half baked plots and ideas. Yeah, like it is. It takes the safest roads on everything, and there is a lack of emotion in it. Mm-hmm. And they more just trying to wow you with the party rather than the characters. Or there's no themes of this yeah. as much. You're saying like partying makes you cool, and you shouldn't go to college because of it. And it's exactly. like no. You're, Go to college. That's where the real part is. Yeah, that could have been a good message about like, yeah, own up to your mistakes and like, even if it makes your life worse, you did something wrong. Like, live with it. Instead, it's like, I'm proud of my mistakes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, geez, man. Ooh. It's it is a kind of it's a very high school lesson. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that. Such is life, man. Such is life. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, please subscribe, and we'll come back with you guys some stuff later. Uh, thanks again for listening. So long. Adios.